Hi guys, Michelle here at the top of the show. Just to let you know that we have got some events in September that we're going to be running and hosting and there's going to be lots going on in them and we want to invite you guys down, especially podcast listeners, uh, because the events that we're running are specifically for our community. They are free events. We're going to be doing a film screening and there's going to be some art exhibition-y stuff going on and we're also going to be recording a live podcast where we're going to want you guys to kind of chat to us about what you've seen on the night and you know what um I don't know ask some questions about it get involved so we're putting it out to podcast listeners to say get drop us a message if you want to come and um, these are kind of invite only things unfortunately because they are very small spaces um so there's only going to be about 50 of us there but we're giving priority to our podcast listeners drop us a message and we will drop you all of the rest of the information um we are in liverpool on the 16th and we are in london on the 18th and that they are both in september thanks guys enjoy the show hello and welcome to another episode of who the fuck is delia the podcast that explores the plight of the creative who might not just yet be composing the music for the comeback sequel of the century or of all time some might say what's that are you messing the comeback sequel of all time yeah of this century what's had a comeback sequel uh recently well in 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 the past i don't know in pop culture in the past few years uh, a few years being how long? Oh, I don't know. Just you know, uh, continuously over the past. Star Wars. Yeah. Was it Star Wars? It was Star Wars. They're not John Williams, basically. We're covering the plight of the creative of someone who is not John Williams. Is that is John Williams the person who composed it? Yeah. Thought it was Hans Zimmer. No. Has he ever done any of the Star Wars? No. Oh. <laughs> is that just because that's the only composer's name you know? <laughs> No. I watched a film. Does that mean that Hans Zimmer did the music? <laughs> okay, so the reason that I've opened the podcast this week is because... I decided to pull your weight. Yeah, so the pull rank. <laughs> we'll talk a bit more about this today. So we've had a little talk about tea. And we've had a little talk about George. No, we haven't. Haven't we? No, that is too to happen oh we've had a little talk about me but we haven't had a little talk about you nobody knows you the genius behind it all the mad the mad scientist and the, the puppet master yeah, yeah yeah thank you thank you i mean only behind the podcast not behind anything else just for listeners of the podcast <clears throat> they'll be like oh who made the podcast <laughs> yeah that's what everyone's aspiring to have someone's be like oh uh you know who, who made that oh thank you so much did uh, you <laughs> you do the podcast i do it's your baby it is only because at, at first i was like i could t i could help do this i could take charge of this and yeah. halfway through i was like we've got to do another episode <laughs> yeah fucking hell yeah, everyone beforehand. Oh, it's a great idea. Like, what a great idea. Let's do this. Let's get this going. And then it, George is like, oh, I'll be here every week. And T's like, well, actually, T's just does what he can, you know. But you're like, yeah, sick. Let, like, let's get that going. Three episodes in, four episodes in, George doesn't show up for one. And you're fucking moaning about it. 
Yeah. Listener, if you've made it this far to episode 32 or whatever it is, like, just know it's been a struggle. Just because, you know, you're so busy and then doing other stuff. And then on like a Monday morning, you're like, oh, shit. Podcast. Yeah, that's a great th- That's a. I think that's a great thing to have. Yeah. Because it, it not only does it stop you from... I know, I know you're like, oh, I'm busy and I need to do this. But then when you're podcasting, it's just like, all right, well, sort of tough. We're just here for like an hour and a half and just chatting. And that's 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 a great, like, to be fair, problem to have, you know. To be fair, it's it's after every podcast that I go, that I'm like, I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that chat. It's just the lead up to it. It's the organization. Which you don't do, so it's fine. I know. Don't pull my weight in that respect, do I? No, but I don't expect you to. So just tag just, on to your glory. just want you to just stop fucking moaning. Story of our lives, isn't it, really? <laughs> Me tagging on to your glory. No, it's not. Should we talk about... Well, well, should we, if we, if, should we go all the way back now in a movie that'd be like squiggly lines on the, on the TV right now and be like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that chimed. We'll go back further than this, but oh, um, to when further we... back than all the way back. <laughs> no, <laughs> to when we met at uni. Okay. Um, did we mention that on your podcast? On I don't your, think. We, right I don't know. I don't. I can't remember. Mm. Um. So yeah, I spotted you and thought he's good. <laughs> I'm. I'm just gonna stick with him, no, otherwise I can't do anything. No, you didn't. <laughs> that didn't happen. We met in an audition, which I'm sure we've already said on the show. Yeah, possibly. But we haven't talked about... Because we'd met on that audition on the opening day when we were signing up and getting a little silly cards, we were like, oh, it's just that person. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, what up, G? And I was like, you dog. And that didn't happen. It wasn't quite that. (laughs) It was more like you ran up behind us like, excuse me. (laughs) Didn't need to tell everyone that. No, that didn't happen either. It was across the atrium. I remember it. It was, it was. But I did run up to you and Jack afterwards. Yeah, Because yeah. you guys were walking towards the cathedral campus. Where and I was like, lived? those guys go to cathedral campus. I live in cathedral campus. And I was like, hey, guys. And you ran and you f- tripped over and landed in a puddle. And I then didn't. a bus went past and like splashed you. <laughs> and you were like covered in it. And then we turned around to look to see who was there. But no one was there. And then <laughs> you stood up afterwards <laughs> covered in shit and all your books and stuff. And yeah, See, anyway. there's the filmmaker coming out. There's the script writer. You've just written a whole scene. I'm not a filmmaker or a script You're writer. You're not, but um, your your multifaceted lifestyle does interest me. Okay. <laughs> so when we came, but what we haven't talked about is when we first met in our um, audition, there's a funny thing between us that I thought you were an arsehole. No, we have talked about that. It comes up frequently and it's definitely come up on the podcast. Okay, all right. <laughs> So, but why did I think you're an asshole? <laughs> because I was an asshole. No, but what were you doing at that time? Because you were like you you had a separate life. You were um you were you were a weird little. How old were you then? You're like seventeen, right? Yeah. Um. So I was doing live sound for a company, playing in my band New Romantics, and playing with just been playing with a band like depping on bass for a band called blitz kids who took me on my first uk tour 
it'll probably only ever UK tour, really. I mean, we've done tours, but they're not like the same way that that was a tour. Like sleeping in the van kind of tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, we did sleep in the van. That was awful. Um, yeah, that college. And we, what kind of band? But they were like... They were like a mathy... Well, they were like a math rock band. And every band I was in prior to uni was like a math band. Well, you were in a math band in uni as well. The first year of uni. That was a great band. For people who don't really know what math bands are, it's it's just like, it's just music with weird time signatures. So rather than everything being like one, two, three, four, you'll have things that'll be like one, two, three, four, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, or whatever, you know, it just changes time signature all over the gap. But generally they're more like rock inflected or indie inflected and i suppose before that i'd been like in a punk punky bands punkish sort of bands when i say punk i don't mean like sex pistols i mean like green day is green day punk well, early green day is punk isn't it i don't know yeah, yeah it is okay so when you've gone on tour is that where you got your ego from <laughs> <laughs> what ego i do not identify <laughs> with my ego no, I joke, I joke. But one thing that I always get super jealous of is that you started music like way back when, didn't you? I started playing bass when I was eight, so I should be way better than I am. <laughs> and I started playing guitar when I was like 11, so I should be way better than I am. I think I was better on guitar when I was 14 or 15 than I am now. Technical, like ability-wise. Obviously, knowledge-wise, I'm better now. But Yeah, but surely that's just like riding a bike. What? Like if you just practiced a little bit, you oh, do get it straight no, back. Yeah, that does happen. Like when I decide I want to learn something like fast, after a while I can pick it up quite quickly. But and I'm just not I'm just not savvy with it anymore. Also, it, it depends on your definition of better. Like, yeah, you could probably play loads of shreddy stuff, but yeah. you probably have no idea about how to play like a really nice chord structure with different little melodies in it. And Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. You definitely wouldn't have. <laughs> I just reckon that when we were playing like covers gigs, I didn't do many covers gigs when I was a teenager, but I reckon when I was doing them, I had better solos <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> so you were doing covers gigs that young? Uh, sort of, but not. I just played guitar with a co- with some like old people. In See, Nantwich. everyone I know seems to have gone like, all right, everybody from like a little northern city yeah. seems to have gone through this phase where they're like playing just, with really just old play with a really yeah a really know. old blues band yeah that's what i did but i think it like i think it shapes you know i a, didn't do it that much though no but you were probably in the environment right environment more yeah well i was doing the live sound more for that mm. or i was guitar teching so i used to guitar tech for my guitar teacher yeah who played with a guy called bernie marsden um so that was like he he's like a blues guy. He was in he was in White Snake. Okay. So he had like a good following and stuff. So it, it was more than just like a pub band, but mm. they did like the the local hotel venue. Is this the guy who, who used to make you tune loads of guitars? Yeah, yeah. So, but that because he was in because he was a bit more elevated. There was a bit more um, like in the pub stuff with a certain ilk of pe- person there was a lot of like this is what you want to be doing what you need to be doing is playing you just don't go outside the 12 bar blues and that's it <laughs> that's all you need whereas with the bernie marsden stuff because it was a little bit more elevated it was they didn't i don't know what it was but they just didn't like they didn't tell you how to do things all the time or what the best thing was it was just sort of this given that everyone was you know just into music so they so rather than being like um 
what you need is uh, a Fender Twin and a and a Telecaster, and it'd be more like, oh, have you, heard, have you heard this guy? Have you heard this guy? And it was just a bit more like gauge. I don't know if it was a more mature environment than the local pub scene. Well, I assume so I was probably the, lucky to have that. Really, I assume the pub scenes are you know just full of guys who are you know just guys who are doing it just is like a part-time yeah. thing I mean, but then you there know, was that, one guy who wasn't but yeah i know what you're saying it, it probably feels good to them to um give a bit of knowledge to a youngster yeah but you know whereas yeah, when you're on tour yeah. with actual people they're just working so they're just talking about their likes and dislikes yeah but having that environment was definitely better yeah obviously because then you didn't turn into becoming that same person no that when someone turns up with a I don't know a shitty guitar amp. You're not like, oh no, I can't be, I can't be making that one up. <laughs> no, you have to, you can't do that. You'd, you'd, instead, you'd be like, oh well, you know, never, you never know, it might sound good. Let's just do it. And that's kind of what. That's more. interesting. That's that's in, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, and that... there was the Bernie Mars, the Bernie Mars and stuff with all the guitar tuning was a fucking ball ache. Yeah, what's the story about him? You made me. You... It's not really a story. He just he had twelve guitars. <laughs> Two of them were twelve string guitars, and he makes he made me tune them all every night. And he only ever used two of them. <laughs> Occasionally, he'd use a third acoustic guitar. Yeah, but didn't you? You didn't. You didn't choose. You didn't tune them all once the journey kicked no, off. No, no, that's so. Then I, I made I I didn't make the joke, but my guitar teacher made a joke, being like saying it was slave labor or something about me tuning this 12 string guitar to bernie so like you know oh bloody hell bernie you, you know mm. slave labor over there or whatever so then bernie marsden tells this story about keith not keith moon but the drummer that replaced keith moon mm. in like later years of the who set up a drum kit uh, no he didn't set up his drum kit they're on tour the, the drum tech is setting up the drum kit and every and he's got fucking loads of cymbals loads of toms just a ridiculous setup and one day the drum tech is like i'm not setting that symbol up because he never hits it and after that gig keith the, it's not keith moon it's what the, the, the who drummer comes to the drum tech and says you know where was that symbol that better be there every fucking night after this one because i'm you know you know he obviously noticed and the drum tech was like oh boy okay fine and sets it up perfectly and then he never hit it ever again but he just <laughs> he just wanted it there <laughs> so bad i know but it's not it's not a great story, but it's an interesting story. Show of power, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Set that fucking thing up. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do never that. Never gonna touch it. When it when I get to that level of power, I'm gonna have someone set up twelve mics. I'm only ever gonna use <laughs> one. <laughs> They're all gonna have a different reverb set to them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's gonna be my thing. You should have colour-coded cables as well. Yeah, yeah. Make sure this mic has the pink cable. Yeah. Not the powder pink. <laughs> The neon pink. <laughs> yeah. If it's got the powder pink on it, tonight's off. <laughs> okay, so you touched slightly there on your like your guitar teacher. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about him in the past and say that he had like a probably a quite a big influence on you at that point. Uh-huh. But he was like, well, he was a smashing life. That guitar teacher wasn't he at one point? He is st- he still he now? Still is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, touch did... on him. Touch him. I don't want to touch him. I mean, <laughs> it's not what I said. He he was a. I don't know. Uh, how long? I heard him since I was about eight. He was just he was just great. He was an amazing guitarist. Mm. Brought me into. He's the one who brought me into the local scene. Like not the not the Blitz Kids and the Math Rock stuff, but all the live sound and all that sort of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guitar tech in. Um, 
he was just accommodating and a nice guy. And, you know, when I was sort of late teens, you'd, you'd have a beer with him in the pub as well when you're having the, the um, you know, whenever the pub gigs are on or whatever it is. Oh, I thought you were going to say when you were having your lesson. No, no. I think I stopped having lessons with him when I was about 17. How long were you having lessons for then? About seven years. Jesus Christ, seven yeah, years. You got to remember the first year was like, Another one bites the dust on bass for about three weeks. Still, seven years a long time. Were they, were they anything? Was he anything like the te- the tutors at Lipper? No, oh, really, nothing like the tutors at Lipper. In what way? In teaching or in style of playing? Uh, both. Okay. He was a lot more rugged in his style of play. Right. Um, way more rugged in his style of play, and then his style of teaching was a lot more like, um. Well, when I got older and I wanted to learn all the shreddy metal stuff, he mm-hmm. was like learning it along with me. Mm-hmm. Or when I did a couple, of, there's a couple of jazz pieces we learned together, and I remember we were learning them together. Yeah. Um, he was obviously picking it up way quicker than I was. But are you sure that he wasn't just pretending to learn it? Um, yeah, because he didn't know it. <laughs> I know you are, but he didn't know it. That's how. That's the thing. It must be difficult when I get to, like they come up and they're like, "I want to learn this song by Death from." the the master of evil <laughs> and uh it's a jazz fusion metal song and you're like cool uh put it on and it's like, <laughs> and you're like All right, okay uh <laughs> are there any tabs uh no because they only have four followers on myspace so <laughs> that must be awful for <laughs> it must be yeah <laughs> but then there was a guitar teacher at teacher at uni who both had, they both had the same name which is weird jim yeah i remember you saying that um he was this is no offense to Jim Kirkpatrick, the the old guitar teacher. No, you, but you Jim guys Faulkner all used to rave about him. possibly the best guitarist I've seen in the flesh. Yeah, like up close, and 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 not to say like he wouldn't. Jim from Lipper wouldn't fit in the same band if you if you were doing a blues band that was like a rough kind of. You wouldn't get Jim from New Lipper. Orleans kind of blues. You'd have Jim Kirkpatrick all day, mm. definitely. But if you were just wanted like. Just someone to just be amazing. <laughs> Jim from Lipper was technically unbelievable. He'd just sit there and like his hand was like Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> it was just this long. It was amazing. I remember, well, you he, like Connor. He had a big impact on Connor, didn't he? He mm. was on the podcast last week. Yeah, and I feel like the way I watch Connor play guitar is the way I imagine him similarly him is, to play. It is quite similar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just be the way you describe it and the way I watch Connor. I'm like, sounds the same. Yeah. Connor's, again, he's got that younger thing. Jim's got that maturity where he's yeah. just playing. He's playing like a, a Gibson 335, which is the kind of, you know, old fashioned looking guitars, electric guitars, mm. plugged into nothing, just like straight into a PA. No, mm. no anything to make it sound nice. And it just sounds fucking effortlessly amazing. Right. I don't know what. It's just one of those guys. Well, let's talk about guitars for a minute because <sighs> my favorite thing is it. No, why is it not? No, it is. It is. It's just it's that not... I get labeled as a guitarist, but I don't really do that that much. Do That's I? the thing. Like you're, you're not, you're not a typical guitarist. So I talk about Connor, and he is like the guitarist who is like. Whenever I think about Tana, Connor as a guitarist, I'm like Connor's tone, and he, he he's like, <laughs> right, yeah. obviously he's playing as well, but yeah. it's like he's the type of person, and and I've watched him do it, who will sit in front of an amp for days yeah. and weeks yeah. and months on end, yeah. perfecting a particular tone. Yeah, it sounds awful. That yeah, but you you don't do that. Like no. you're 
the guitars that you buy are guitars that you like mm-hmm. because you're like that 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 looks cool and it sounds cool as well but yeah. you don't necessarily get into like the full nitty-gritty of of everything about them and the same with your amps uh yeah why what why why have you not become like one of them geeky guitarists you think uh no offense to geeky guitarists like obviously they're, they're great but yeah well, different I'm, I'm really jealous of a lot of geeky guitarists well yeah you always the, say this they have the attention span that i don't with yeah it. um i think it's because i want to create stuff and not just play an instrument right okay so like i would get guitars when i was a teenager that just looked cool okay because i was in a rock band okay like that black and white one uh we've got a black and white the dan electro one. yeah no, I got that because that sounds nice as well. Oh, okay. It's got like a jazzy thing. Okay. But like I got a, there's one that's not even got a headstock on it anymore because it got smashed in a gig when I was about 16. <laughs> but that one I got because it was the lead singer of Green Day who had that guitar. Oh, right. Okay. And, and, and there's ju- I just think there's more to music than the instrument that you play. And I'm sure every, all these geeky guitarists would agree as well. It's just that their attention span is focused on that and mine is focused on the the creation itself. Do you think it's a um do you think it's kind of like a cultural mindset that guitarist will a guitarist will become a guitarist and then therefore go down that route of being like geeky and oh let's get these no. guitars and these pedals. Um no, I think there's two I think there's two brands of guitarists. Okay. I think you've got I mean there's probably more than two, but just to generalize, I think you've got geeky guitar guy with the perfect pedal setup and everything. And that's not to say that that someone else who's not necessarily into that hasn't spent the time doing that either. Mm -hmm. But then I think you've got guitarists who get into it and then the songwriting is more important than than the guitar. So, you know, you've got, um, I don't know, uh, Yingui Malmsteen or Joe Satriani, someone like that, who's just this shred master guitar dude. Okay, you just said words at me. Yeah, and then you've got Noel Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm the more Noel Gallagher because I'm not a Noel Gallagher fan. I'd like to think you... <laughs> but it, out of the two, I am more that than I am Joe Satriani. Yeah, yeah. Or like if you go down the, the some of the, the bluesier routes, there's a guy called Derek Trucks, I think his name is. He's a blues guitarist. Fucking amazing. Everyone gets him up. Like like John Mayer gets him up. B.B. King's got him up. But then you've got Eric Clapton. It's like Eric Clapton's still a great guitarist, still yeah. a great tone and everything. But he's not. And I know you think, oh, Eric Clapton, yeah, he's a guitar lad. But really, he's a songwriter, isn't he? Well, that's the thing. I always thought uh, like Eric Clapton was like a, you know, guitar-y person. He he is, but me... But then isn't there actually a video of Eric Clapton and somebody else doing a guitar solo? And it's like the other guy just shits all over. Yeah, but of course he (laughs) did. It's probably Derek Trucks or John Mayer or someone like that because... I think it's John Mayer. Because Eric Clapton's fucking great, but... Jim Kirkpatrick, the old, my first guitar teacher, even said this to me once. We were learning a... um, an Eric Clapton uh, like finger picking song called mm-hmm. Hey Hey and he says the thing is with Eric Clapton stuff is you could play every single song that he's ever written mm-hmm. but you couldn't write it and you couldn't play it like he plays it right yeah, yeah do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. you couldn't think to have that sort of taste to put it in that way mm-hmm. or to create that thing you could then get up and play it note for note but then again it still wouldn't be Eric Clapton because it's not got that energy coming through it mm-hmm so I don't really stick Eric Clapton in the same sort of domain as your John Mayer's, right? Even your Jimi Hendrix's. Okay, so we're not going to call you. We're not going to call you Noel Gallagher. We're going to call you <laughs> Eric Clapton because I feel like Noel Gallagher sure. is just a little bit 
diminutive. Is that I'll, a word? I don't know. I know what the word is you're going for. No, Noel Gallagher's not diminutive to other people, just to me. Just to you, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> Let's yeah, go for yeah, Jeff yeah. Lynn. Who's Jeff? No one knows who that is. ELO. Oh, all right. Everyone knows. Everyone <laughs> but me knows who, that, knows who that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. So guitars. <laughs> so guitars. So guitars. <laughs> but you've got loads of guitars, to be fair. Yeah. Maybe not loads. But yeah. enough for me to be like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> guitars much. Yeah, I only use two of them. Yeah, like you're <laughs> no, like I don't, the guy I don't, on I, don't, I use three of them. I mean, one of them's not usable, really. Two of them aren't usable at the moment. What's the other one? There's one that I got for my birthday when I was 18. Um, Do you think if you had like unlimited money, you would become one of those like geeky guitarists because you'd just be like, fuck it, I just... Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But not... But not not even from a geeky guitarist point of view, from a kind of like, oh, we're making this sort of song today. Let's use this sort of guitar Let's buy today. a new guitar for it. Not buy a new guitar for <laughs> it, but like, let's use this sort of guitar for it. Oh, right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than like, oh, it's the only guitar I've got, so I'll just use that. Would you Would you have them all, um, like if you had your studio, so say you've got unlimited money. On a wall, money, framed on a wall. Yeah, would yeah, you have them like on a wall. all? Yes, I would. Would you? Yeah. See, I thought you'd be like, no, fuck that. That looks well, stupid. No, because it's safe space, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it looks really good. I'd love to do it in the flat, but you won't let me put any holes in the wall. Well, no, it's not. Eh, sh- move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, but then you're more of like a songwriter, creator. Yeah, okay. Now I want to delve in to a funny little place oh, that's no. recent. No, it's not a go bad on, place. Okay. It's recently come into fruition. So we know that you're a songwriter and we probably know a lot about university times because we've probably spoken about it between my episode and other episodes that we do with T and everyone like university university and you took the songwriting part of uni and the performer part which you which was a great choice which you make it again (laughs) (laughs) this is a lit second (laughs) like I did in uni yeah but so you know we can we kind of get that but what you have done (laughs) is you've gone from like songwriter yeah to just like writer in general. What do you mean? Well, you started when you come out of uni. You started writing like for no oh, articles, articles and things like that. But yeah. then also you like well, I don't know where you're up to on it yet. But you did start writing a short story, <laughs> and but you just if you flick through your lyric book, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like looking on the inside of a madman's brain. Why? Because it's fucking mental. Have you ever looked through your lyric book? Yeah. It's slightly scary. Why? Because it's just weird. Like you have, it. it's just like, the, the, it's like the notations of a madman. It's like, but I mean, that's obviously any lyric book will be that because yeah. any lyric book to, is it, like the, the emotional end point of, mm. you know, it's like the emotional um, far right or far left of anyone's brain isn't it it's not <laughs> right. it's not dead center like oh this is all nice and rosy but you know what you know <laughs> yesterday we found that little santa guy that had drew mm-hmm. in. <laughs> that's the thing but that santa but, guy didn't look like a nice santa guy it looked like a weird crazy deranged santa guy and but the the thing is with you know when people say like you walk into a, like a, a messy room mm. and they're like, oh, it's such a mess in here. How do you know where anything is? And like, I know where everything is. There's chaos in the mess. And I'm always like, fuck off. You're just messy. Mm. Like the lyric, my lyric books are that where I like, I write the lyrics also in such a strange order. Well, my brain will be like, you write this part here, we'll put that bit over there. This and it, and it, But when I look at it, it makes complete 
perfect sense. Yeah, stresses so me out. There's been times when you do lyrics, lyrics or, or where you're 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 doing a demo vocal reading the lyrics from the lyric book and you're like where's the next bit and i'm like it's just there upside down on the thing and you're like how and i'm like i'm like but because i but because i i literally don't see that it doesn't make sense it's weird that isn't it that that backs up my hypothesis that you're there's something weird in your head (laughs) anyway you were getting to something (laughs) (laughs) you were moving on to something there was a point no, but I um, wanted to talk about something else oh, other than that. Other than <laughs> you being weird. You know, move on. Something um, else. Keep all going. right. No, so yeah, I just wanted to like dip into that writing era, era, era because that to me is something that I just it, it, it like I can't understand it. I can't conceptualize it m- mainly because my writing is not my lyrical writing, but like generally if I tried to write on a page from left to right, I normally have a bit of trouble. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so the idea of <clears throat> embarking on something like writing a, a, a short novel is like mind blowing to me. Mm. But you'll, yeah, you'll just dip it in and out of these like pots of writing and you say that you, it was something that you always liked from school and stuff. Uh, yeah. I think, I don't know, that post-uni stage, that first year or whatever, I think there was a little, like, well, I, like, I know there was a little crisis going on. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I'd had a lot of, being a teenager, being in the rock bands, especially not, not just through the writing, but through performing live, there was a lot of release. There was a lot of, like, oh, this is, I can write. Because the other guys in the band don't give a fucking shit while I'm singing, because I was the singer of, the, of my own bands. Mm-hmm. So, like, they don't care. They mm-hmm. just, like, are barely invested in it, mm-hmm. um, apart from apart from one of the guys. So I just write whatever. There's not, Very rarely, I, there's a couple of songs we had that were written by um, Josh Strickland, who's we might even get on the podcast soon actually Mm -hmm. but generally it was just me so i could just write that and there was no restrictions then when you get to uni and i'm coming in i'm and i'm like what am i am i a guitarist am i a songwriter am i just someone who's in a band like what am i doing am i a session player am i a you know producer like what am i doing so you just kind of dip your toe in all these different ponds with pies Dip your toe in Dip your toe in all these different pies. Um, just your little toe, though. You've got to like, angle your foot in a weird way. That's but, horrible. But then I kind of came out of it and was like, all right, so in first year, I had Midas Touch, which is basically just the band that I was in before uni, but in uni. Then we started Edge of Eden with Ollie Nagy, who's been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, then, and in that, I could write a lot of lyrics that were very open. We, could, we were writing a lot of stories. Yeah. which I like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether their story is based on real experiences or potential real experiences or whatever, it was just, ni- it was just a nice release. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing it with Delia a bit, but then Delia took this odd twist where we didn't know what to do. We were trying to fit other people's molds. Edge of Eden stopped. Midas Touch stopped. And I feel like with the lyrics and the writing, I, pr- I think I probably just hit a point where I was like, I'm not getting anything out. Because when you perform live as a teenager, we were jumping into the crowd and everything was mad. In uni, it wasn't like that. So I wasn't getting it live. And then I all of a sudden wasn't really getting it from writing. Mm-hmm. Then when we came out of the uni in that first year, we made a decision to, to, to change our approach. 
make things more just for ourselves rather than trying to fit other people's things, which made a difference. But even then, I think I was having a bit of a crisis in the fact that I was like, I'm not as an amazing guitarist, but I'm a writer. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. So I just like honed down on that Mm -hmm. and was like, I'm a writer. We're going to write stuff. And like just started the short story, got a job writing articles, which really didn't make any sense for me to be doing that because that's not the kind of writing I wanted to do, but it was just writing. Mm -hmm. What are you? you, I am a writer. And I Mm -hmm. just like honed in on it. Um, I don't really think it was the right thing to do. No? No. Do you think that... Well, maybe it was for the time and it led to a certain place. Yeah. That's interesting that um, you you like hear of a lot of people who... that And that was something that when we did mine, I was kind of like struggling with that. Um, you know, people they they have to they have to make their art, or they just get like they just go into such a bad place and they can't do it. And I always listen to that. I'm like, oh fuck off. Yeah, but I do. But that with too. you, like that, I actually watch that unfold and listening to you just like break it down. Then it it just became crystal clear why you had that kind of uh, like you know bad period after uni because obviously it was because obviously it's because you weren't writing it when you weren't writing the stuff that you needed and you didn't have that release to just like scream things out on stage and if you think about how much of a release that was for like old punk bands you know when and punk came through because of a pushback on a different kind of yeah approach Mm -hmm. um that was that that was their release and especially for young boys like they need that that thing to be able to like just shout about and get out and yeah to a point i think there was also like not even like away from emotional stuff and away from away from uh i suppose kind of individual experience mm-hmm. individual grievances or whatever things mm-hmm. that have happened in, in someone's life mm. for for boys and i know i know this is not a popular opinion these days that boys and girls are different but like sorry tough the the fact that I had stopped playing sport, well, not stopped completely, but had, you know, really dialed back playing sport into my teenage years where yeah. music was more important. You don't have that competition, that, that the, the uh, you know, that thing on the football field, which is just like a, a kind of, mi- and it's mindless and it's totally mindless. And that's why a lot of blokes are completely mindless. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, um, you know, aggressiveness and that aggression, that thing, that release, whether it's through a tackle in football or uh, or if you're playing rugby or just smacking a, you know, just like sport, running as fast as you fucking can. That release wasn't really there in uni, in in high school and college because I didn't wasn't doing it as much mm-hmm. as I had been. So that's what probably on stage became, regard away from any like personal things. It was just like young male because young teenage boys are fucking crazy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're stupid. Um, and then when you get to uni, you probably still need that a little bit, but now I didn't, I wasn't playing as much sport and I wasn't doing that on stage. Yeah. So That's what I mean. So it, 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 it seems obvious that that would be the natural yeah. progression. And it, it doesn't even need to be on stage. Like when we used to rehearse with, uh, with the old bands, um, we used to do a mad in rehearsal. Yeah. Like I remember my first band when I was about 14, we used to destroy the little attic room that we were in. We were bound, jumping up and down on the couch and stuff and like, putting pillows against the wall and just running into it like it was that's that's stupid yeah it's stupid but well no it sounds it sounds fun it's quite a big thing to then just not happen yeah to one day be like put in a lane 
Yeah. I remember in school, <laughs> we used to we used to be in the RE block. And for some reason, we just all take it in turns running up to the lockers head first and head putting them. Why? Yeah. My mum was going to not be happy about that because she's really careful about brains. But, <laughs> but. Maybe Dan, that's why yours is a bit funny. Dan, Danny Stokes, I think his name was. So the ginger kid was ruthless with it. It was like his whole body weight would just like go into his <laughs> top of his head. To be fair, I I definitely definitely watched boys do that in in some of my because schools. teenage boys are stupid yeah. stupid creatures. Yeah, they were they are very weird. Yeah, but yes, it makes total sense going from like I was going to say what zero to one hundred, but actually going from one hundred to zero mm. um, after you left uni. Yeah. Let's just be like, oh, this is shit. Yeah. And the writing stage was a little excuse to be like, well, I'm not the best guitarist, but I am a writer. So, so how do you feel like you've got like past? Right. Um, like, you know, how, how do you feel now have not, ha- not having that kind of mad throwing myself against the wall kind of music anymore? Mm. But you're in your, your, you feel much more comfortable in the writing position that you're in today. Yeah, well, we 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 don't play live as much, but I feel like we we have a better stage. We do. We've we've been able to to figure that out a lot. Yeah, and it's not the same. I'm not doing the same shit that I was, but no, it's but doing it's enough. A, probably maybe it's a more matured version. Yeah, because maybe given the opportunity, would you still be throwing yourself against the walls? It depends what band I was in. <laughs> you definitely would. I, I definitely would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. I don't know. I like a lot of, uh, I suppose I produce now, don't I? So I write a lot of stuff for other people. Mm. And you that's a nice release. Yeah. To be like, oh, who's in the studio tomorrow? <laughs> oh, she wants to do like country pop. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't do that. Okay, cool. Let's try that. <laughs> and then you do it and you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. That's just nice. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm, I think the whole thing after uni about me just not, not being great was a good it has has hit me to a point now where i'm just like i like quieter things yeah but don't get me wrong if someone was like do you want to start a fucking math punk band tomorrow i'd be like yeah and i would jump around on stage but i'm i'm perfectly happy you know i like i like things that like make make me feel like i'm gonna cry now and i like things that just hit you in a way Mm -hmm. that just you know make you go like oh my god rather than fuck yeah, everything has to be just balls to the wall all the time, which I used to be like. Okay. So when are you going to finish this book? Um, I don't know that I am. <sighs> it's a shame. Yeah. It's a good start. It was a good start. I read it. It was really good. Yeah, maybe I will at some I point. I'm, I'm curious. I want to see the ending. I did the usual typical thing that I do, which is biting off more than I can chew and being like, this is the definitive thing this is it this is the one rather than being like oh that one's really tough maybe i'll do a couple of little ones before before starting that one yeah no i do the big idea and just go and then not finish it <laughs> so i want you to finish that yeah maybe i'll revisit it. okay so i mean these days <laughs> these days these days we touched on that just now but these days you're just Writer, producer, <laughs> podcaster. You're just a little writer, producer. You are. That you are. Though you've like. You've, I am those things. Yeah. You've um, embodied that role, mm-hmm. which is nice. When somebody says, "What do you do?" You can actually be like, "Oh, well, I'm a writer and producer." 
Because yeah. there's literally, other than the podcast stuff, there's literally nothing else that you make your living from. Oh, well, I mean. Performance. Gigs. Well, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, okay. So, mu- musician, writer, and producer, it's still, still the best. Yeah, I just sort of say musician, producer, maybe, depending on who I'm talking you to. You don't say writer? No, I don't think so. That's so weird that you've like carved part of your personality as a writer, but you wouldn't tell people that you're a writer. Well, I think the conversation would develop, wouldn't it? Like, what do you do as a career to just some average person? Oh, I'm a musician. And they don't, you know, you're like, oh, cool. Tell me about that. Whereas if it's someone who's like in the industry, like, what do you do? I'm a songwriter, producer, I suppose. You know what annoys me? What? When someone says to me, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a musician. Yeah. And they're like, what, what do you play? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I sing. Like, so you're a singer. They either say that or they, <laughs> they instantly have like this. Oh, so you're not, you know, you're not really, you're not really a musician. musician. Yeah. <laughs> that really annoys me. Yeah. That's good, that. I know. I know. I don't know. Maybe you need some sort of different certificate to be a musician. You know what I hate saying, though? Oh, I'm a singer. Vocalist. No, it doesn't have the same effect. A vocalist makes it sound like you do more than just singing. But that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't call... With your voice. I'm not a vocalist. I'm not, I don't like... You are a vocalist. No, but I, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't like, like, people don't get me in to do BVs on their track. Like, I'm not that singer. That's a vocalist. But it doesn't matter. Like, Hayley Williams is a, is a vocalist. You, she's the singer for Paramore. Like, no, a vocalist, the vocalist is, the, is the geeky guitarist. No, it's not. It is. No, it's not. That's a vocalist. No. Somebody who gets like into the nitty gritty of like their harmonies and shit like that. I, I know, don't. I know what you're saying, but nah, I'm not having it. Anyway. Go on. Before we move on to our next segment. Yes. Do you think I've missed anything important about your life? You've missed so much in my life, Shell. I know I have. You know, it really annoys me. Does it never annoy you that you like you you decide to uh, embark on a part of your life with a person mm. and you realise that you've missed the majority of that person's life and you'll never, ever be able to see it, no matter how much you tried. Like now, if we if we split up tomorrow, I could probably, if I wanted to, mm. I could just stalk you and I could see what you were doing all the time. Yeah, because you know me now. Before the point of which I met you, I could I didn't even, you know. Yeah. Not, when you're throwing your head against lockers, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea what person that was. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean and I kind of agree. I'm like, oh, it'd be nice if Shell knew that and this and that and the other. But I'm also like, oh, I'm glad she didn't know me because <laughs> we probably wouldn't be together now. <laughs> because I, I, you know, I'm, you know, if you knew me when I was 13, that means I knew you when you were 13. We probably would have not been compatible. Definitely not. So I would have called you a bull. Yeah. And you'd probably be a total chav. Yeah. But like... I think part of what I, part of part of what's a, a, a strange thing about when you start music so young mm-hmm. is that you constantly or you or you have like a little feeling in there, and I don't really exercise the, this feeling that often, but I definitely do do it. <laughs> I definitely poo it, <laughs> do, do poo it, um, yeah, and yeah. it's um, it's the feeling of having to prove something and be like, oh, I, when I was younger, I did this. I've already done that yeah do you know what i mean if you're not doing it now so like um if when i so so there's a someone i know who i'm not the biggest fan of who are in like a rock band and you go and watch them people are like oh they just go mad on stage it's sick and i'm like yeah yeah i know i used to do that i used to do that too <laughs> you have that little thing inside you i, I don't really exercise it that often i think but, maybe that's a boy thing yeah it probably is 
but that's a strange thing of having that thing that that of having not known the people that you work with the most now like mm. some of the best gigs i have ever done you will never have seen I will have or never, never seen. or will never no. have been on stage and again. i'll probably never see you in that like performance position again no like you know lead i mean you have singer. seen bits of it like, i've seen bits of it with midas touch well in edge of eden like whenever we had to do crowd stuff i talked i did it yeah 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 i can't remember it though mm. gay pride clapping along to that thing. can't remember the only one i What's slightly the point remember, of me even doing i know what, what was it just for my benefit was <laughs> yeah, it yeah um the only one that i, I hope she's looking <laughs> everybody <laughs> Put your hands in the air. <laughs> Wave them around like you just don't give a shit. The only one that I slightly remember is um, Ship and Forecast. And there's pictures of that. There's uh, photographic oh, evidence. Oh, going into the crowd. Yeah, and there's like, you got a little mosh pit around you. Yeah. And me and Ollie just on stage like, oh, this is nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> With like a little tea cozy yeah. and there's like little cups. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Thomas Hartman, who was the drummer for that band afterwards, being like, Alex, you need to do that more. <laughs> you need... And I was like, okay, what are you going to do to me if I don't? <laughs> oh, I remember Thomas Hartman. Yeah. I remember feeling absolutely threatened at everything he said. <laughs> Just because of that, that We should not accent. go half-time here. Okay. Okay. We won't. <laughs> don't hurt me. But also, could you go half-time? Because I'm the boss. <laughs> Well, you are. You're a behind-the-scenes puppet master. Am I? Yep. That's the role that you've grown into. Mm. And like you say, you enjoy the the quieter things in life these days. So I think that's probably the perfect role for you. Yeah. I um I I dread to see what situation you would be in now if you were to embark on a lead singer's career. I don't know. I've actually considered scoop on the podcast. Go on. You know those songs that I wrote, like my own songs that yeah. I wrote last year, those mm-hmm. kind of acoustic-y, they're not acoustic sing-songwriter, but they are. Say it. They are Say more. it. Go on. What? Are you going to gig them? No. Oh. I was going to put them out. Oh, do that. Maybe next gig year. Gig them though. Well. Start afresh. Do some open mics. The gig, the gig thing, I was thinking, I'll put it out. And then maybe if I did like a sofa sounds here yeah. and there, 75 quid. I know it's not much, but there's another avenue to just be like earning a little bit of that and i just chuck it into the delia park because i'm not trying to do anything with it myself um i think that's how much it is expenses isn't it well if yeah it is if you um if you do that just in london though i'm not fucking traveling to hull like we do you have to if you do that you're gonna have to suck up your own pride and get some singing lessons from me Okay, I thought you were going to say and speak to other human beings. Oh, like, that nah, as well. I'm all right. I, fuck it, I don't want to do that. You're definitely going to have to do that as well. Yeah. You're itching to move on to a smeg. I'm not itching. Oh, scratching. Did you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like Sheeran. a general? What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Plan B. Oh. You don't know the door. What's Pat going to do when he's finished with the drums? Meg. Okay, so... First Smeg is... Oh, God, yeah, I'm getting them mixed up. All right, yeah. First Smeg, what is Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? Yes. I'm not going to talk about the description. No, you should. Really? Yeah, because Jack's parents ring his grandparents and they say, hello, are you having a nice time? And the grandparents go, yeah, what's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? And they go, oh, I don't know. And Jack sits there and goes, ah, I'm just going to do drums. That's the thing. It's stupid, quirky, annoying things that happen in the industry in which you work that only you would know about if... 
you were in that industry. You've got an absolute banger this week. Uh, have I? Yeah, it happened recently and you're like, I'm going to fucking remember that for uh, the podcast. It's not, really, it's not really a banger. It's pretty niche, but <laughs> it's pretty fucking stupid as well. We were playing a covers gig. Um, of course you were, because that's our, all that's of our life. Yeah. That's, that's um, how all of our stories start. I think, yeah. We were playing covers on acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had my capo. So a capo is something for the guitarists use to... Oh, I remember. To, you know, change the key of a song, to basically change the way that you would play the chords so that you could play simpler chords or more open chords that include all the strings um there's a bit of it's a cheat it's a cheat a capo is a cheat and i was using it on the first fret as the first fret of the guitar and just playing standard song you know like four chords nothing major i think it was i can't remember what it was but this guy's like looking at me the whole time like enthusiastically not not like suspiciously and he's just like putting his head around, like trying to see, trying to look at my guitar, trying to look at what I'm doing. And then afterwards, he leans over and he's like, Cap- capo first fret. And I was like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, cool, I was trying to figure out what it was. I was trying to figure out. And I was like, trying to figure out what what was. That makes <laughs> no sense. <laughs> like, like, unless, like, unless he's a musical genius <laughs> and is like... I can tell that that chord is being played not with a finger, but with a capo holding it down. <laughs> what on earth is he trying to figure out? Maybe he was a musical genius. And we don't play it in a different key, so he's not trying to figure out that we're playing it in a different key. No. But he clearly, no offense to this guy, and maybe I'm just generalizing people, you know, too much. I'm pretty sure he wasn't a musical genius. <laughs> so when he was like, I'm just trying to figure out what it was. Capo first. Yeah, capo first. That's just like... He has words <laughs> to do with guitar and music that he knows, maybe because he... Oh, used... he I'm, not, wanted... I'm not knocking him. He was no, lovely. He, he wanted lovely. you to know that he plays guitar. Or, or, or knows words associated with guitar. <laughs> but It's kind of cute. It is kind of cute, but it was. I didn't know how to react because it was such a stupid statement. Such a, like, a capo first fret, yeah. Cool, I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, okay, what? What do you mean you were trying to... F- um, but I'm not having that conversation. I'm not going to be like, sorry, man. What do you mean you were trying to figure it out? Also, oh, well, actually, I'm actually... I've got perfect guitar pitch. I can hear that which thing, which things are being played with fingers and which thing are being played with, uh, you know, Capos. a capo. And I could tell that you weren't playing... You know, like, I'm not having that conversation with him in this bar. Also, I feel like somebody who is a musical genius and can figure that out definitely wouldn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> capo first fret. <laughs> I was just trying to figure it out. <laughs> it is it is a, <laughs> it was it, well weird it's a funny thing isn't it with guitar because like i don't get vocalists coming over being like oh like did you use this technique it like mm. doesn't happen yeah um but with guitar it seems to happen and it doesn't even seem to happen with like bass or drums either but guitar it, it seems prob- to happen loads it probably does happen with with like with bass and drums just in different ways there just seems to be so many guys who come over and it's never girls. But it's, it's, it's never girls. It's almost, it's a little bit, yeah, it's, it is always guys. It's a little bit like if you had, um, uh, I don't know, you had the, the cable around the top of your hand so that the cable didn't come out. <laughs> right? Then you'd be like, wrapping the cable around the top of your hand. <laughs> yeah, cool. I was just trying to work it out. Work what out? What? 
<laughs> yeah, it is that equivalent, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is, it is. But it's, yeah, it just seems, it's so strange that that only happens with guitars. And you you, you deal with that situation after most gigs. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. someone coming over being like, oh, what are you playing there? You're like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> or if you're, take, if you're taking like pictures and you've got your strap around your neck and it's, kind of tight so that you can use it to like maneuver and you pull on it and he comes over and he sees you taking pictures or you you show him a picture that you've just taken and he's like you got the strap tight around your neck yeah cool i was just trying to work it out what now you're just thinking of loads of different i'm just trying to make it relatable because i feel like people don't understand how obscure that thing is it would proper sent me west i was like oh glad you figured it out No, no disrespect to the guy. I mean, he ended up being really annoying. Oh, I did. But... He was. He got. He got really pissed and kept banging my mic stand into me, which yeah. is always a I think always you mentioned an absolute that before joy. As well, when you knock it and it like I knocked have. a tooth out or something. Yeah, and I have seen that happen to vocalists where it's actually yeah. chipped a tooth. Oh, that is heavy. Imagine, imagine just like you know doing something that you love one day, and then because some pissed asshole decides to dance too far back, mm. you've got no tooth. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably happened to a lot of people. I know. I played a netball match once where one girl fell on top of another girl's head and knocked her front tooth out. Oh, on the floor. Yeah, on the floor. That is so It was rough. rough. I mean, needless to say, the netball match ended ended there quite mm. abruptly. Yeah. And the worst thing was is she was she was screaming that she was um as it as it got knocked out, she was like, I've got my last um orthodontist appointment on Ooh, Thursday. What's it was that my last one. Yeah, so like basically over the past five years she's been working hard on getting those teeth straight and white. <laughs> oh shit. I know it was rough. It was so rough. Well now she's got one less tooth to worry about getting straight and white. Yeah. It made me realise what I do in those situations and normally I thought I'd be straight over like, Are you okay? But I didn't I just walk the opposite way and was like, I'm gonna stay out of that. You just gave you gave her a kick like she was a car tire and was like, ah, this seems all right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, that's I, my one. Have you got one? I don't have any. Uh, actually. Hmm. Okay. I've got a little, I've got a little, little one. Little one. And this is from a different area of work because I didn't want to, you know, focus <sighs> it on the air. The, the music I'm covers gig side because we have a, a lot of grievances from that Well, it's side. because we do it every week and we, yeah. and we love doing it every so week. I've, Fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one um, from another area of work, which is, you know, it, 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 it's, it's essentially relatable to any sort of okay. reception-y, admin-y job. This is the yoga studio. Yeah. Um, so people who call up. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. and it's really it's i don't right if anybody understands why this happens please tell me so they'll ring up and they'll be like they'll ring up a yoga studio and they'll say hiya uh do you do yoga yes okay can you tell me when your yoga classes are uh all all day every day seven days a week from 7 a.m till 7 p.m okay can you tell me what ones i can go to okay Uh-huh. Let's narrow. Uh, okay, what what are you what are you looking for? Like, do you want to you want to narrow it down? Are you a beginner? Are you uh, experienced? Uh, what what kind of stuff? And they're like, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm a beginner, so I go. Okay, here's our beginners classes. Can't go to any of them. I, I can't go in the, j- during those times. Okay, do you want to tell me what time you can go? And then maybe we can work through from there. Anyway, we get through this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the conversation, I go, so, you know, you can either just drop in and do a drop in class or yeah. you can, 
you can pay online or you can do it over the phone. And they've already asked, you know, how can I pay and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. And then at the end, they'll be like, oh, no, it's OK. I can do it through the app. I'm, I'm looking at the app now. Yeah. Hmm. That's not OK, is it? <laughs> well, that's not OK. Well, it kind of is. It, does someone just want to have a conversation <laughs> with me? I think people are, I don't know, people are insecure about things, especially things like yoga. It's a bit of a funny thing, but I know what you're getting at. If you have that phone call every single day where someone's like, like just sort of dumb on the end of the phone. Tell me everything, but also I've got all of the information here right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose if someone called up and was like, I've got the app open in front of me. It doesn't really make much sense. I'm a beginner. I can't really come in the evenings. And and they gave you that. Then you'd That'd be, like, be fine. All right, cool. I suppose it's just the, it's the fact that you're trying to get blood from a stone. And they're like, I want to do yoga. And the thing is. Like, cool. Uh. <laughs> yeah exactly and the thing is you know for a fact that that person isn't gonna come to a class because they've just had this idea one day which is fine to do mm, that yeah um and they've but they've been like i'm just gonna call up and ask and and it was i was in a class the other day and we have to have the door open because it was quite hot yes and two two young men just popped their head in half and it's a full it's a a full a full class full of women yeah. this one there was only eight people in there okay. and he comes in and he's like halfway through the class teachers in the middle of like saying an instruction saying like mas nam hands yeah and he just pops That's in he's say. like hey your, your, your yoga class is only for girls <laughs> and I was just like and the poor teacher had no idea what to do luckily there was a receptionist in the room so I was like you know really politely was like no they're not actually they're for everybody and if you want to go next door to the reception you know <laughs> please fuck oh yeah exactly <laughs> And then that happened, but you can kind of, you know, you, he didn't, he doesn't, what, he doesn't care about yoga lessons. No. He just wants to be a knob. Yeah. He, yeah. But I mean, imagine, so yeah, yeah, it's bad, right? I'm sure it's terrible, but you work for a yoga studio. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Imagine working for something like, uh, I don't know, the job center. I or, did. Or I, know I did, did exactly that's why that. I, that's why I used it. <laughs> um, or like. And that was, yeah, that was or 10 a times worse. Or a takeaway. Like yeah. a McDonald's drive through person. Can you tell me about Think, your menu? Like, yeah, you probably get so much shit like that. Yeah. So I, mean, I get what you're saying. But, but you're count your lucky stars. nowhere near as bad as how some people's you would know, be. Like a woman came in the other day and bless her soul. She was like, um, can you tell me about your lessons and blah, 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 blah. And I did. And I gave her a timetable, told her all about what she could come to. She was a beginner. And then she went on to say to me, OK, can I just ask when I come in, am I going to stand and talk to you? And am I what what exactly am I going to do? Where am I going to walk? Do I have to go through that doorway? Maybe there's something up with it. Well, then she was like, I'm really sorry. It's the first time I've left, left the house in a very long time. So I need to know what's going on. There you go. And there I'm like, this is fine. I will tell you moment to moment exactly what's going to happen when you enter the studio because I know you yeah. need that. Mm -hmm. But somebody who's just like, can you tell me, have you got yoga? So the difference there in your impression is that the first <laughs> one's a southerner. <laughs> And the other, the other one is a fucking stupid northern. <laughs> Excuse me, I have not been out of the house for a while. And <laughs> do you know any any uh, any places to do yoga? It's bad how we go to those stereotypes, it is. isn't it? But it's because you know people like that. I know, I know. Anyway, you can cut that bit out so I don't look like a bad person. I won't. Moving on to our next segment. E oh my god, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? Wicked. So, final smeg. Mm -hmm. 
just the two of us this week. It is. Which we didn't mention at the start of the show, uh, in case you were wondering whether George was going to chirp in at any point. <laughs> <or two. laughs> that did happen one episode, didn't it? George just chirped in like halfway through and everyone was like, oh, George is here. he was having a bad day. I think yeah, he was hungover. He um, yeah, what have we been listening to? What would we recommend that we've been listening to? Okay, so... Y'all want to go first? Yes, I do, actually. Um, actually, do I? Uh, you do now? Yes, I do, I do. So there's a guy that I found called Joey Picaro? Picaro? Yeah, Picar- yeah, something like that. I know who he is. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Um, and he has got a beautiful album that he released in 2018 called Music for Happiness. And it is the sweetest thing ever and i think i'm trying to think what song it is that i listened to on there that is particularly nice but actually i can't remember what it was the sweetest thing but you know they're they're all actually great and if you're if you're needing a little pick me up one one day oh you know what it's the perfect morning playlist just stick that album on because it makes you makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside that's good but on from that he then released um He's released an album in 2019 called Deep in a Dream of You, okay. which is also just a beautiful title. Sounds um, nice. And again, it is just really beautiful pieces of music. None it's, of it's... He's Qatari, isn't he? Um, I don't know. There's a kind of, Well, I found him on a chill hop playlist, yeah. so he has that element a, to him. I think he's a guitarist. Yeah. Um, I think he's Italian or something. Yeah. It's I all... fo- actually follow him on Instagram. He's a, okay. he's a suave motherfucker. Is he? Yeah. It, I think it's a lyricless, right? No lyrics. As far as I'm aware, I think yeah. so. It's just background music, but yeah. it is really beautiful. Just so. background music. I don't think he'd thank you for calling it that. No, he wouldn't. But come on, you have to, if you're making chill hot music, you have to be yeah, yeah, mindful yeah. Of, that, of the fact that people may listen to that at a dinner party in the background. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Know your market. Yeah. Um. No. Cool. I'm going to go the complete opposite way. Go on. I have not been listening to anything nice or that you'd put on in the morning that makes you happy. I've been listening to Slipknot's new album, We Are Not Your Kind great i am a fan of this new album right so when i was a teenager this is topical because we were talking about it before it is i for about two or three years bummed slipknot thought Ooh. they were the best thing when i was about 10 11 i remember a friend of mine like we were around his house and it came on and a song called left behind came on and he was like oh it's just noise that in it and i was like yeah yeah it's just noise then maybe like a year later they released oh no yeah, yeah, literally be about a year later. They released their volume three subliminal verses album, which was a bit poppier as far as pop, so not pop goes. But I was there from that point on, I was like, this is amazing. And just got into everything that they ever did and just was just following them, just learning about the masks, learning about everything. Mm-hmm. Then that, they just went a bit off the boil, I thought. I thought they did a couple of things that were like, yeah, that, that album's got like three or four good songs in it, but meh. And then they've been through all sorts of shit where like the bassist died, the drummer left and the other, other members have left since. And I've not kept up with the kind of the law, you know, L-O-R-E, the folklore. Yeah, that kind of law of Slipknot. But then they just come back with this, We Are Not Your Kind. And this, in my opinion, is exactly what Slipknot should have been doing this whole time since, <clears throat> since metal became not cool anymore. Okay. Right. So metal was had like a resurgence of being cool in the sort of mid 2000s Hmm. mid to late 2000s then it was just not cool from about 2011 2012 and slipknot just didn't know how to navigate that world they just it seemed to me that they just kept trying to do the cool 
heavy chuggy thing that they've been doing the whole time but they couldn't go back to the early stuff that they were doing in the early nine in the late 90s early 2000s because they just weren't that band anymore but they didn't know where to go this feels like they knew they now know where to go in the fact that slipknot are a scary band to normal people right yeah. muggles or anyone who's not into slipknot looks at that and goes that looks weird and horrible and i don't want to be into it mm. right it looks like a horror film mm-hmm. so this album now sounds like a horror film it's weird it's creaky it's not just like heavy just like that for like 45 minutes it's odd spooky little quiet bits with like a whispery creepy vocal that then goes heavy in the chorus or they've got interlude tracks on this which added something that they don't didn't never used to do very much and these very like they did little interludes but not like this where It'll be a minute and a half and it'll be some soundscapey thing with some weird narrative over the top. The, the, they're just It's now weird. For, it's an hour and four minutes, right? And it used to be an hour and four minutes of... But do you not think that everyone... Do you not think that everyone is actually going to hate this? All of the like proper snip, slipping off fans who will cares, hate Who it. cares? Fuck them all. They're all fat and hairy and no one likes them. That was a generalisation. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that you myself. like it is because it's related to films. No, it's not that it's related to films. I'm just using that as an... It's not related to films at all. I'm using that as an, an, an analogy, right? So if you were using the horror film... If, if Slipknot are a horror band, right, in the equivalent of, you know, a horror film, they went down the route of just jump scares. Rubbish rubbish jump scares. Oh, it's just that. There you go. Nope. Instead of doing like a psychological, strange unsettling thing which is what this album is and it's arty and it's creative and it's weird and it's still heavy but not heavy from a point of view where it's just loud guitars and loud drums and loud screaming heavy in a way that is like oh shit this is terrifying and no this is heavy to listen to it's it's not an easy listen okay i think they smashed it don't get me wrong it's not like the best album ever but it's just nice to see the band doing something that they're good at and they should have been doing the whole time in your opinion in my opinion yeah I think it's really cool. It's called We Are Not Your Kind. I also want to talk about, although it's probably pointless now because you've not listened to it yet, I want to talk about the fact that 1975 have, have done a thing. Oh, yeah, you keep trying to tell me to listen to You know that. what? Let's not do that. Let's save that for when Strick's on. All if right. he comes on. Um, so, yeah, Slipknot, We Are Not Your Kind. Sweet. Yeah. As a nut. Yeah. The weird thing about these ones where we're talking about ourselves, <laughs> however, however <laughs> arrogant that is, just feel like you don't even touch the surface. I know. I like felt after like your that. one, I was like, oh, there's so much more I want to ask, but mm. we should probably eat or poo or something. I'm hungry, and I think the listeners will have just heard my belly rumble. <laughs> um, and also, like you say, you when you do podcasts, there is that fine line that Ben, who you guys will have heard on the podcast a few times, Ben, ben Gladwin, being sketch like, man. Yeah, sketch being B. like, is it... SB. You have to take a step back and be like, is it just overindulgent talk? Or is yeah. it... Or is, does it have some point? Does it have point and yeah. stuff? And you know, you, and you always walk that fine line when you do a podcast. I think anybody does because it's just long form conversation about things that you find interesting and hope that other people find similar interests. And, yeah, you know, we we know they do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, as you will have heard in the intro, um, you can get your tickets for our release launch events. Yes. Um, You'll have heard all the details in the intro, but we just want to reiterate it at the end that uh, 
you know, we want podcast listeners to come to it because they're part of the community. Um, and it's a tight knit community that we're trying to create in, in, you know, doing these events because it's only limited spaces. I don't know if you meant, do you mention it on the intro that we will be doing a podcast on the night? Um, I can. <laughs> if you like. You haven't recorded that intro yet, have you? <laughs> no, of course I haven't. <laughs> Great. um but yeah we will be doing a podcast on the night and you can take part in it and stuff but just get in touch on our socials um or via email at deliamusic at gmail.com and um basically just let us know that you want to come and we'll sort you out from there uh they are on the 16th in liverpool of september that was a weird way of saying that and the 18th of london in (laughs) september so um yeah just let us know which one you want to come to uh apologies if you are listening to this and those cities aren't accessible but hopefully we will be bringing it to a city near you depending on how these go so maybe you should travel to it to make it go well and then it can come to your city yeah indeed (laughs) well thanks for listening guys thanks for letting me delve into your weird brain alex I thought you were going to say soul for a second then. I was, and then I decided to change it. Mm. I'm definitely going to get a message off your mum being like, oh, he hasn't got a weird brain, he is normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember telling a story about me being an arsehole when I was a teenager, and she texted me after listening to it being like, you know, you weren't an arsehole. Uh, I was like, no, know. no, I wasn't an arsehole to you, mum. <laughs> well, you're not an arsehole. No. You're all right. You do the job. Yeah, all right. Nice one, guys. Thank you. And remember, but too YB much sauce ruins when you can the be flies. QE. That was our whole <laughs> You know? Yeah. That was a drill outside. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. That's a nice drill. Yeah. Go on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>